Here's McDavid charging down the ice. He's got a stick. He's in. Backhand. Score. A beauty. One year, one and a half year here. Uh, get me more confidence. To sure, I'm stronger and faster, and I feel like I'm growing up for person and player a lot. Feels like I'm like ready to get the new step for the NHL. Now McDavid across the dry scores 100 points for Leon. Uh, we could learn from what we went through, and everyone's pissed off about it. I think that's the best way to, to describe it. But there's a taste in everyone's mouth that's very, um, you know, that no one likes. We need to find a way to, to not have that taste. And, and we've had it four out of five years here. So we know we need to be better. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Walk On Oilers podcast for this Wednesday, February 24th. I'm your host, Hernan Salas from TSN 1260 and the Two Guys in a Goalie podcast. You want to connect with me, hit me up on Twitter at Hernan the Man and at Locked On Oilers. And how about those Oilers? Yeah! Damn straight, yeah. What a comeback last night to pick up their fourth straight win, a 4-3 win over the Vancouver Canucks. They sit now with a record of 13-8, second in the North Division. And the boys are rolling. They didn't look good early on. We all know that. We all watched the same game, and uh, but they were able to take advantage of a fragile team there in the Vancouver Canucks. And man, does it not remind you of the Oilers two, three years ago? The Vancouver Canucks just, we saw that a lot with the Oilers. So uh, definitely uh, feel, feel, uh, not so much, but you feel a little bit for, for them and their fans there. Coming up on today's show, we'll hear from Adam Larson. Just some quick clips and Dave Tippett in the third segment. We'll also recap the game and we'll be joined by laura saba from the locked on canadians podcast she's a co-host as uh, big news of the day claude julian replaced in montreal as he has been fired canadians turn to dominic ducharme to take over this team and see if they can uh, get their season going in the right direction they started off so well and they've cooled off as of late. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what Ducharme can do there. But big news. It's w- a little bit weird because people in Montreal were kind of like, we weren't very, su- we weren't too surprised about this move. But <laughs> at least for me, I was uh, I was a bit surprised. I was like, whoa, I did not see this one coming. So, uh, Claude Julien, the first coach to be fired this season in this weird, wacky COVID season. Yeah, so I will be joined by Laura and get a beat for Montreal on all the news from today. All right, let's get to the game last night. The Edmonton Oilers pick up a 4-3 win. Didn't start well. Bo Horvat, 106 in on a, such a weird angle, weird shot. I still don't know where that puck went in, <laughs> but uh, uh, he makes it one nothing. Tyler Myers would, would add to it uh, seven minutes later on a shot from the point that deflected off Tyler Ennis. That would make it 2 nothing. And then at 15-17, you're starting to get worried. That's Elias Pedersen with a, a muck up in front of uh, Mike Smith, and he's able to bury it 3 nothing at that point. But I'll tell you this, Dominic Cahoon came up big right before the end of the first period. Tessa can barely move as the puck is thrown in front. Oilers then got a shot from the side, and it's in. 
Jimco thought he had that shot from Dominic Cahoon. That goal was huge. And I remember just thinking, watching the game and saying, the orders get one here. They're right back in this. And Dominic Cahoon, on a, on a goal, Demko probably wants back. Let's be honest here. He would make it 3-1. And that's how the first period would end on to the second period. Thought the orders really took it to them. McDavid had a few looks. They hit a few posts, but they couldn't, uh, they couldn't break Demko at that point. But early on in the third period, it was Dominic Cahoon once again, 55 seconds in, cut the lead to one. Moving it on Ben, stops, sends one across, Cahoon, and now Yamamoto robbed by Demko. Cahoon got it to dry saddle to Yamamoto. Now another chance, Cahoon scores! His second of the game. Dominic Cahoon with his fourth of the season. Second of the game would cut it down to 3-2 and then on an absolute beauty power play. I think all five guys touched the puck. Tic-tac-toe. Dry saddle on the faceoff. And dry saddle sends it back. Nurse to Nugent Hopkins. Hockey center, McDavid scores. Oilers, Chason got it to Dreisaitl, over to McDavid. Power play goal, and it's tied at three. Not even five minutes in, the Oilers were able to tie this game up. And then at 13-25, Tyler Ennis, who deflected the second goal in for the Vancouver Canucks, he gets a lucky bounce. Larson walks the room, lets it go. And it's in! How did that get in? The Oilers with four unanswered goals. And that's all she wrote as the Edmonton Oilers come back from 3-0 down. The worst lead in hockey, we all know that, as they come back with a 4-3 win. Cahoon, two goals. Dreisaitl, I gotta say this, the best passer in the league. Some of those dishes last night were absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. Like, you can't tell me it's... (laughs) You can't tell me... He's not in the top two or top three for best passer. Like, this guy is legit. Like, he's he's just on a whole other level when it comes to passing. Connor McDavid with his 13th keeps adding to his lead in points in the NHL. And t- good to see Tyler Adams get rewarded there along with Kyra and Larson. Special teams, I said, was good. Canucks got two power plays, and they got nothing going on those. So credit to the PK of the Edmonton Oilers. And the Oilers get the tying goal on a power play as they go one for four on the night. So they definitely, definitely improving their special teams. Kudos to Evan Bouchard and Caleb Jones. I thought they were solid. The two young guys playing together, they each played just over 12 minutes, but looked good on the night. I think that's the best Jones has looked so far this season. And up front, everybody, everyone, uh, you know, chipping in. Archibald was feisty. Just Pugliarvi took an unnecessary punch from Antoine Roussel, who was fined $5,000 today by the NHL for his punch to Jesse Pugliarvi. Poor guy. And that's twice this season. First Colin White, now Antoine Roussel. Just, uh, <laughs> I guess it's free punches at JP. But look, uh, he was a little banged up, but looks like he'll be fine. Patrick Russell, the only player under double digits on time on ice was 725. And I'll say this as well. Gaetan Haas and JJ Kyra, they ain't going nowhere. They're your third and fourth line centers right now. If Kyle Turris and Devin Shore want to get back in the lineup, I think it's going to be on the wing as uh, these two guys are playing excellent hockey. They're doing great work on the PK. The orders now sit at 13 and eight with 26 points, second in the North division. And, uh, what about Mike Smith? He wasn't good. I'm glad they didn't pull him. This guy's a fighter, man. And he, and he fought his butt off. Turning point of the game, stopping Antoine Roussel on a breakaway, shorthanded in the second period. That would have made it 4-1, and that was game over. And he kept his team in it, and it was great. It was a character win. This team is maturing. It's feeling like 2017 again, where everything seems to be working for the Edmonton Oilers. Obviously, they're going to lose a few games here and there. We all know that, but you, you got to feel good about this. And, and this team is trending in the right direction. 
Secondary scoring is is alive and well. You're getting good goaltending, really good goaltending. They're keeping you in the games and, and everything's coming along. Special teams is getting better. Your defensive play is getting much, much better. The buy and everything. So uh, kudos to the Edmonton Oilers for their 4-3 win. They're back at it tomorrow from Vancouver once again. And they'll go for the, um, the two games set as they take on the uh, what's going to be a very angry Vancouver Canucks team. Just can't seem to figure it out this season. Got to think that that um, uh, there's some coaches being uh, coaches are a little nervous right now, especially if you're struggling. Team as Claude Julian was let go, but let me know your thoughts on the Edmonton Oilers. Just what did you think of the game? Is this team has this team turned the corner? Are, are you ready to say that, or is it a work in progress? And that's a good question because you need a bigger sample size to say this team is is, is legit right now. They are trending in the right direction, which is a positive after their three and six start. All right, guys, coming up next, we'll get to Laura Saba. We'll go to Montreal. I think we have to. It's such a big story there as Claude Julien uh, was fired this morning. Dominic Ducharme is taking over there in Montreal as they're struggling as of late. They got kind of screwed over yesterday on the on the Brendan Gallagher goal, but uh, nonetheless, uh, we'll, we'll get a good uh, we'll get a good chat in with Laura Saba on the Montreal Canadiens and their coaching change. All right, guys, coming up next, Laura Saba from Locked On Canadians joins me here on the Locked On Oilers podcast with Hernan Salas. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and my personal favorite, carrot cake. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Oilers podcast. I'm your host, Hernan Salas, and we had to go to Montreal today as there was breaking news this morning. And to talk all things Habs, I am joined by Laura Saba, co-host on the Locked On Canadians podcast. You can connect with her on Twitter at the Active Stick. Laura, whoa, what a Wednesday morning you guys had. <laughs> Some big news is Claude Julien is let go. Dominic Ducharme is going to take over on an interim basis. Uh, just, you know what's funny? Working here at the uh, at the station, we had a lot of Montreal media on. And, and it seemed like the only people that weren't surprised were the people in Montreal. Is that what you what you're taking from this? I think so. And and first of all, as always, thank you so much for yes. having me on. I so enjoy being on your show. But um honestly, the thing is, if you were looking closely, not just at this season, but at past seasons, mm-hmm. I think the writing was kind of on the wall. And I, I don't want to discount that narrative that the Canadians came out, you know, swinging out of the gate. The word juggernaut was used maybe a little bit prematurely, but they did play really well. And the additions that they made over the course of the offseason that we talked about the last time I was I was with you, what you know, it was they were working out. You were seeing these players paying off with Tyler Toffoli, Josh Anderson, Jake Allen. You were seeing good things happen. But then something turned around. They had a bad game against Ottawa. And they went back to the old ways that weren't working. It's like they forgot the new ideas that they had been implementing in the first few days in last year's playoffs, in the first few days of this season. So I think a lot of people that had seen this system that is a good framework, like Claude Julian's a good coach, the system is a good framework. They saw it not work out two years in a row. Now we're in year three with better talent on the team. It's not working. I think that's when that's when um, the Habs media and the Habs fans thought, all right, something is going to change because Mark Bergevin has been historically reluctant, but this is a do or die season. As we've talked about, he spent all the money. He's given away some assets. He's, you know, he's, he, he's really putting all his eggs in a row in this uh, eggs in the basket of this season. 
So he wasn't going to wait too, too long before making a coaching change. I don't think. Yeah. It's uh, it's so interesting. Like you said, this team came out so hot. I think they had points in their first six, seven games and then uh, just two wins here as of late. What has gone wrong? Like what uh, I think we all knew that the scoring, the the pace they were at early on wasn't going to be sustainable, but what has gone wrong here that uh, we're seeing this shift and, and now a coaching change? So a couple of things have changed fundamentally. The penalty kill was much better in those first few games and it's gone back to the abysmal numbers that we were seeing early last season that's one factor the uh power play that they were having so much trouble scoring last year and then they changed things up a little bit in the playoffs they changed Shea Weber's positioning in the offseason they came out those first few games with those new ideas that they were doing it was working out and then they just went back to their old ways and it seems that what happened is that the players are comfortable playing at a certain level They're not uh, ready to break out of their comfort zone. The coaches were able to motivate them and give them the strategies to break out of their own comfort zone in the early going. And then as soon as they face like even a little bit of adversity against Ottawa, they, I think they, they ended up winning that game at the end of the day, the the one that they, the really bad one that they had, but their confidence was shaken uh, a little bit too much, I think. And what ended up happening is that everything that they were falling back on that safe play that they were doing, last year they hung back and they started doing that and it it also uh it it caused a lot of players that when their position and their assignments changed like uh Philippe Deno for example last year the Deno Tatar Gallagher line that was the first line and then you know with the emergence of Nick Suzuki Kotkaniemi the additions of Toffoli Josh Anderson that changed around a lot you know your first line is now the Nick Suzuki line your assignments have changed and the fact that you're not able to figure out what to do when you're moved down in the lineup, I think that's a coaching fault. You know, that's a communication issue. So uh, I think what was really, really needed was a fresh perspective. Like you come back after a bad period, there's not a whole lot you can do in that 17 minute intermission, but you can come up with new deployments in that time. And Claude Julian wasn't doing that. And he was scratching players that were playing well and, you know, it was, there, there was no really rhyme or reason to his personnel uh, changes and his, his lineup uh, matchups. So I think that it just it seemed like there was nothing new. Like he had squeezed every drop of his good coaching on this team. And now it's time for something new. Was there a riff or just uh, different mindsets in this coaching staff, Laura? I don't think so at all. Okay. I think they've yeah, they, they definitely have always had a, a really good relationship and Honestly, it it was kind of an open secret that Dominique Ducharme was going to be the next one, you know, the next, uh, he was being groomed for Claude Julien's position. Um, And I think that uh, as, as a whole, if something's not working and you're the head coach, even though it's individual assignments, like Kirk Muller was in charge of uh, the power play, even though there are individual assignments, like as a coach, as a head coach, you should be able to turn things around, motivate those people with those assignments to turn things around come up with discussions, ideas, and things like that. And I think that, you know, there's no hard feelings. It doesn't seem like it because uh, even uh, Kirk Muller's sister tweeted, you know, we're always going to be supporting the Montreal Canadiens. And and, and there seems to be like an amicable split. The writing was kind of on the wall. And they had quite quite a long time. It was four plus seasons, right? So so I think they had a good relationship. I think Dominique Ducharme probably wasn't expecting to step in right away but he was being be prepared you know coaches are hired to get fired as the old cliche goes mm-hmm. and Claude Julian seemed to be a supportive boss a bench boss if 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 what we were looking at from the outside it rings true 
joined by Laura Sava here, uh, co-host on the Locked On Canadians podcast. Uh, Laura, is this? It, it's interesting because Mark Bergevin's been there. I think this is his, this might be his third coaching uh, hire. Yeah. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong there. Nope, absolutely. Okay, is this the last move Bergevin makes here? going forward and unless they turn this around if they don't turn it around uh, if they don't make the playoffs this year and they don't win at least one round I think it's the end of the road for Mark Bergevin because he has now exhausted all the cap space and all the trading ideas that he had he's got uh, better development in Laval so the players that he's drafting should theoretically be better than the previous Laval regime that they had so at this point if you're not succeeding with what you're given I don't think he makes it past this offseason and this is going to be the last coach a coaching change that he's going to be able to implement. What can you tell us about Dominic Ducharme? Uh, I know a little, probably more offensive. Uh, how much, how much of the Montreal Canadiens play do you see changing with Ducharme at the helm here? So I think the main factor with Dominic Ducharme is that he's always been this guy who has uh, new ideas. Like people say, "quote unquote" new ideas. One of the things that he's extremely uh, good at, and he he preaches a lot is individual assignments, individual matchups. He's very much into, I hate to use the word micromanaging because that has negative connotations, but he's definitely one of those guys who switches things up depending on the situation. So I, I, what I'm expecting to be honest is if something isn't going wrong with a player for them to change on the ice fundamentally, whether they're playing on a different line, different pairing, different position, covering a different man, matching up with a different line. I'm expecting a lot of in-game changes. Okay. Uh, and unfortunately, it's, you know, the schedule is so condensed that he's not going to have time to fundamentally change the way that they play. The good news is the system's all right. If if everybody can get back to being smart on the ice, I, I hope that that's what he's going to bring. And, and I think that's going to give the Canadians a little bit more confidence as well. If you had to pick one part of the Montreal Canadiens game that needs to improve here quickly for them to get this turned around and get him back to playing the, the way they started the season, what would you, what would you select there, Laura? Is it cheating if I say special teams? No, no, not at all. <laughs> because you know, what's funny. Cause I was looking at their numbers and I think they're 22nd on the PK 20th on the power play. And this team's far too talented to be that low, right? Exactly. And their five on five numbers are stellar. Even in the games that they were losing, miserably their five on five numbers were dominant against Toronto they were keeping up with with sorry they were keeping up with Toronto and they were dominant against against Toronto um I keep mixing it up they have been keeping up with Toronto and then dominant against Edmonton and Ottawa those are the other two teams that they've played uh in the slump and that's unfortunate because their five on five is so good but the Canadians are kind of one of those teams that I feel like in the north division the officiating is inconsistent I'm not going to say it's bad I'm not going to say it's targeted and I think that when you come in at night and, and you know that you're going to get some random calls go your way and some yeah. random calls not go your way, you, you better be good at putting the puck in the net and you better be good at putting like keeping the puck out of the net. Their goaltending numbers at the PK are abysmal. And it looks like it really looks like there's amateur goaltenders out there And we, when we know there's two talented, solid goaltenders. So I think special teams overall and particularly the penalty kill 
need like a quick improvement for the Canadians to turn their entire season around. Uh, just one last one uh, here for you. There's a big, uh, big set coming up. Uh, Montreal plays uh, uh, four out of their next five games against the Winnipeg Jets. That's going to be huge. See how both teams uh, fare in, in, in those games. Carey Price for you, is, if, has he been good? Has he been great? Has he been okay? Does he need to be better? Because when you look at the numbers, it's, it doesn't look good, but it's Carey Price at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny because if you look at both goaltenders, actually, if you look at their numbers at five on five, they're like otherworldly. And then you look at their pedestrian at all other situations. It, yeah. It's like, I think he's like 0.888 or something. It's, it's really low. It's not that great. And the thing that we always say on our show is that Carey Price over the course of his career in Montreal has needed to be great to keep them in games, but the talent up front right now is such that he should only need to be good. And he has been good. So something's going on in front of him that needs to be updated. Like, I don't think that he's at his carry price level that we're used to, especially as, as, as Canadian hockey fans. But I think that it's not a situation where he's been a disaster or he's having a slump or anything like that. I think he's having just, he's a regular carry price season, a good season that is being victimized by uh, any time the Canadians are not at even strength. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we'll see how this uh, turns out. Like I said, they get the Jets uh, four out of their next five games. That should be uh, fun to watch. Laura, I know it's been an interesting, fun day for you guys down there covering this team as uh, there's a coaching change it involving uh, Claude Julien out Dominic Ducharme uh, draws in uh, to, to see if he can turn this team's fortunes around. Laura, like always, you always bring the good stuff. Thank you so much for joining me on the Locked On Oilers podcast and uh, look forward to having you on near in the near future. Thank you so much for having me on as always. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. The NHL is well underway, so don't sit on the sidelines anymore and get in on the action. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Last segment here on the Locked On Oilers podcast. Big shout out to Laura Saba for joining me today to talk Montreal Canadiens. And that'll lead us into the new of the day. Of course, if you've been under a rock all day, the Montreal Canadiens have made a coaching change as they let go Blood Julian and Kirk Muller and they bring in uh, Dominic Ducharme and they also bring in Alex Burles to add to the head coaching staff to, to see if they can turn that team around. Uh, for your fantasy teams, uh, Riddich getting the start for the Flames once again tonight. No Jacob Markstrom. And the Sharks Golden Knights game postponed. Uh, that's supposed to go tomorrow. That game is off as uh, one of the players from the San Jose Shark has landed on the COVID list. So uh, adjust your fantasy lineups for tomorrow. Uh, games today, Tampa Bay is home to the Carolina Hurricanes. Dallas is on the road in Florida. Rangers and Flyers do battle from Philadelphia. Calgary is in Toronto. Arizona welcomes in the Anaheim Ducks. Minnesota takes on the Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues are home to the LA Kings. Your orders return to action on Thursday, 8 o'clock start once again as they take on the Vancouver Canucks. All right, guys, let's get to some game day audio. Sorry, off day audio. <laughs> As uh, Adam Larson, who, listen, I've been really hard on to start the season, but this guy is turning, turning Hernan. Uh, I've really liked them with Chris Russell. I never thought that pair would work, but they're doing some great work. And uh, Adam Larson met with the media and he was asked just how fun this is. And it does it kind of take him back to 2017. Yeah. I mean, it's the team is having a lot of fun. Obviously wins comes with that. And I mean, when now when we've been playing really good lately, it's, um, it's a lot of fun at the rink. So it's, uh, 
uh, it's good times, but I think we we still have a lot a lot of work to do. Uh, but obviously, we set us up for a good start here. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Adam Larson, uh, always very chill, eh? He's just. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. He was also also asked if um, if if he sees something coming together that he hasn't seen yet in his time here in Edmonton. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's I. It's still early. Uh, we're we're focusing on next game. Uh, it's a tight schedule. Um, at easy as again, at easy as it is to gain gain momentum in this division is that's how easy it is to lose too. So you have to be on your toes and um, keep playing good hockey. Um, I don't think we have reached our full potential yet, and that's what we're looking for. Oh, that's uh, very true. This team still has a ways to go, but you got to be encouraged. But by what they're showing so far this season. Let's head on over to the head coach and let's kick it off with Dave Tippett just talking about lineup news. Uh, we're monitoring a couple injury things we've got going, you know, from last night's game that uh, a few guys not skate today. Um, of the guys that were hurt, uh, we'll see where Bear is today. Lagason, I don't think will be ready. Uh, Tourists, I think uh, if he gets through the practice today, could possibly be an option. So there's, we're kind of day to day on a lot of guys. Yeah, so we'll wait and see tomorrow for some updates on 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 the injured guys and what lineup changes. We will see. I think the only one we can probably safely assume is Miko Koskinen gets the start. Uh, you know, coaches always want to always think and in, in, in <laughs> that their team can continue to improve. So Dave Tippett was asked where he's at with his team's overall play. You know, there's uh, the game last night. If you watch it, I thought we. Started out a little cautious, you know, we're, you know, give them credit. They're a desperate team. They come out. I thought we got better as the game went on in our, our third period. The players talked about after the second period, let's make the third period our best of the game and see where it goes. And we uh, were able to uh, get out of a deficit. So we'd like to start the game tomorrow like we played the third. But there's, there's parts of our game that uh, uh, you like, and then there's parts that we still have to continue to, to work away at. And it's... Uh, that's the way it is, you know, an ongoing process all year. You you try to zero in on things that uh, are really important to your group to build consistency in it. And that's what we're trying to do every day. And and you're seeing some of the results. Uh, you know, we're not, I wouldn't say we're 100% consistent in what we're doing, but we're we're trying hard to get there. So we'll, uh, we'll keep working at it. One last one here from the head coach, Dave Tippett. He was asked about uh, Antoine Roussel uh, just uh, kind of swinging at Jesse Pugliarvi. Uh, I don't think Jesse was ready for that for for starters, but you know that's the way Roussel plays. He's a hard player. You have to be have to be ready for that. You know, I thought the penalty, a two minute minor on that, was uh, not enough. And obviously, the league thought the same way I did with fining him five thousand dollars today. So, um, yeah, it's just that's happens in the game. Jesse's got to be ready for that. Jesse played. You watch the way Jesse played that game. He played really hard. He was a hard player to play against, but. Um, you know, he's got to probably, uh, my guess is he might protect himself a little better next time. Yeah, no doubt. We'll see what the big Finn does as he's been attacked twice this season. What the hell is going on? 
Uh, just before we get to who's sizzling and who's fizzling, game cliches and bets and all that fun stuff, make sure to check out Locked On NHL. Every Wednesday on Locked On NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Avampato of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola. Whether it's a look at top-end contenders like Vegas and Colorado or breaking down the rebuilds of the Kings and Blackhawks, Locked On NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, let's get to who's sizzling. I, I could pick one of the big two, but I feel like they're just, you can almost pick them every game. I'm going to go with Dominic Cahoon. He's been a little bit quiet. He got taken off that line in uh, a few games ago. He was moved to the third line, came back, but scored two huge goals. The one out, the one to end the first period was enormous, and then he got it going early in the third period. You cut the deficit to one goal, so Dominic Cahoon gets my who's sizzling. Who's fizzling? This one's a little unfair again, because there's not a lot of options. I was going through the roster again. I don't think anyone really played bad. I mean, if they would have lost, you probably would have went Mike Smith, but he battled back and he was a big reason they won so I'll go Patrick Russell it's a very slight fizzle because he only played over seven minutes and it's a little unfair because he just came in he's a fourth line guy that really outside of hard work doesn't bring much to the table but there was just no one else to pick so you got to pick someone uh game cliche my uh my guy sent me this one and it came from the Edmonton room kind of stuck with it and you know came out with two points what was that kind of stuck with it and you know came out with two points Damn straight, they stuck with it. They, they, they didn't cheat. They stuck to their game plan. They were able to find the goals in the third period and get a, a, a lucky bounce for the winning goal. But those things happen. I want to talk about lucky bounces. Uh, two of the three goals for Vancouver were pretty lucky as well. I know the bets yesterday. I told you to take Columbus. They lose in a damn shootout, 65 to those pesky uh, Chicago Blackhawks. I, I I truly don't get it. Every time you see a box score involving those teams, it's DeBrincat to Kane, Kane to DeBrincat. But I did not do well on my bet yesterday. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's what you're going to hear when I lose a bet. On today's, I'm taking another big risk here. Uh, Anaheim Ducks uh, in Arizona to take on the Coyotes. They've lost four straight. Arizona's won. Uh, it's coming off a win, but I want to make some money. So I'm taking the Ducks at minus 150. I know it's a big gamble. If you don't feel comfortable doing it, don't do it, but uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put uh, a little bit of money on this one. The Ducks are due for a win. I like John Gibson. Hopefully he's getting a start. I don't know that as of yet, but uh, Ducks, four straight losses. I think they're due. So I'm going to take the Ducks today at minus 150. A little risky, like I said. You don't have to follow the advice or anything like that. I'm just saying that because I want to I wanna cash in. <laughs> so I'm taking the Ducks and uh, yeah, at minus 150. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the uh, Locked On Oilers podcast. Don't forget to download and subscribe on your favorite apps for all the latest episodes. Appreciate the support. Keep that coming. Podcast is doing really well. Once again, a shout out to Laura Saba for joining me to talk Montreal Canadiens. You heard from Larson. You heard from Dave Tippett. And uh, as we get set for Vancouver Edmonton, that goes on Thursday night. All right. I was able to hire back my producer, Juanito. So Juanito is back. You know, the pandemic was, it was a little tight at, at times. So he's back. He's playing all the clips, doing all that fun stuff. Good to have you back. Yeah, he's not a man of, of a lot of words. But uh, we'll chat tomorrow, guys. It's going to be another fun game. For the Locked On Oilers podcast, I'm Hernan the Man. Talking Los Petroleros. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Chat tomorrow.